Hey everyone, welcome back to High T Hoops. This is Brian Boucher at the Duke of Hoops. And today we have a really special episode with Matt Desmond, who runs the sports creative community. So I got to know Matt while my startup was working with his previous company, the Oakland Athletics, who are in the in Major League Baseball in the States. And in this interview, we talk a lot about the evolution of creative and media and sports, branded content, how players are creating more content for their own brands. And then we went in depth into how he has built out the sports creative community. So the sports creative community is a Slack group and then has expanded into different events, into clubhouse rooms, into a lot more, and has over 5,600 members from sports creative teams around the world across almost every sport. It's a great example of how creating a platform can bring an industry together to learn from each other and grow. So I thought there were a lot of great lessons in here for the British basketball community and wanted to bring Matt on the podcast to learn from him. So here he is. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, Thanks for having me, Brian. I'm really looking forward to uh, being on the podcast today. Yeah, well, we met, I don't know, three or four years ago, a long time when the athletics were were Slope customers and we went in to film a... uh, you know, a, a case study video with you guys, but would love to just hear a little bit more about your background to start off with. Yeah, no, uh, thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, been uh, nice to meet you, uh, you know, face to face now. But uh, so, yeah, um, a little bit about my background is I've been in the sports industry for about 10 years now. Uh, worked my way up, uh, started in minor league baseball, worked in college athletics for five years, and then it's taken me to uh, major league baseball. So, uh, it's been, a, it's been a great journey, and I've been able to learn from uh, all my stops, so I'm just uh, really fortunate to be in this business. Uh, but yeah, now it's uh, really propelled me to create a community like the sports creative community right now. Yeah, and when, so while you've been working through your career, have you had a specific focus? I know you're, you're a video producer, but you know everyone's kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades at this point for the creative side. So what's been kind of your primary focus and growth as a creative? Yeah, you know, starting out, uh, it's, you know, it's really um, interesting because I wanted to be a sports anchor when I was going through college. And then, you know, as you go through college, you kind of go through some different phases and different career paths. So my sophomore year, I I wanted to really go into the behind the scenes and really, you know, fall in love with the storytelling. And that's really where my career led. Um, but actually, after graduating, uh, I started in the live production a- um, aspect of, of uh, sports video. So I, I started in uh, live production. I was there for a couple years. And then, you know, I really wanted to get back into the storytelling. And that's what led me into more of the content production realms. And that's where I've been uh, ever since. Nice. And, you know, you've been in sports for a, for a long time now. Where do you see the, kind of the role of creative in sports going? Because it's a pretty unique industry where, you know, you are storytelling for a sports organization, but then your branded content, the branded sponsors who are, you know, giving you a good chunk of revenue as a team, um, basically look at you as a media company to help produce content for them. So I'd love to kind of hear, you know, the evolution of creative in sports seems to have evolved a lot over the last decade or so. So I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on that, on that growth. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think this uh, industry has changed so much since I've entered it, and I still consider myself pretty young. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, it's funny because, like, when I was an intern, you know, I was editing off tape, uh, you know, in my first internship. And if I were to talk to my intern these days, they're like, what's tape? Yeah. So it, <laughs> it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I think where creative has been in the industry, it's always evolving. 
and that's what makes this industry so um, so unique and just so competitive because you know there's so many talented people in this industry they're just trying to push the envelope every day um, as far as where creative's going and where it's heading um, I think we're in a really unique situation because I think a lot of athletes are starting to illustrate that they want to have a presence on social media they really want to um, have a brand and really want to have that presence so I, I think you're going to see a lot of creatives really navigating into that individual athletes and uh, content that's really going to focus around them so I, I really feel like you're going to be seeing a lot more athletes having that presence rather than just all the teams pushing the contents through the team's accounts and the company accounts, you're going to see athletes really start to have that presence. And how do you see the relationship between the team and the player? Cause you know, you're, you're using the players in a lot of your content, but then they also have a largely their own media company and own pr presences outside of the team. So what's that balance like between kind of team produced content versus their individual produced content? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I see like a lot of teams that, you know, essentially the team and the players that work together. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you're going to be working with the athletes and making sure that the visions are met for each person. Um, obviously, as the needs and the wants are um, becoming more of an ask from the athletes, um, you might be seeing more opportunities created for creatives joining either their individual production companies or, you know, you know, teams are getting over inundated with requests from individual athletes, maybe that creates more positions and more opportunities for creatives, you know, joining uh, companies and teams. So it's yeah. a really interesting dynamic because, you know, I think it's going to allow this industry just to grow even more. Yeah. I, it, there's been some funny jokes on, on different podcasts and media sites where it's like, how good of a player do you actually need to be to start your own media company or be a producer? You know, what's, you know, in the NBA, like, do you have to average 10 points a game? Like what's, what's your, you know, hitting percentage have to be? Um, but you just see so many players now kind of launching their own platforms. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how teams evolve with that. Exactly. And then with sponsors, you know, I know branded content's a big part of, you know, revenue for different teams. So how have you kind of seen that grown over the mm -hmm. last few years and where do you see that going a little bit more? Yeah, uh, branded content, uh, you know, I think it's very essential because uh, those brands, you know, they want to be evident in the sports world. And I think they really coexist, uh, you know, with sports. So you've been seeing a lot of engagement, you know, from your typical um, in-stadium advertising and in-stadium promotions to it shifting to more of a digital presence. And even with the pandemic going on, you're seeing a lot of these brands getting a lot more creative on how they can create a partnership with mm -hmm. teams, companies, athletes. So before the whole pandemic hit, I don't think anyone even heard of Zoom, but that's probably the biggest, uh, you know, partner or company to come out of COVID-19 in a positive way because it's yeah. able to connect us in so many different variables. So I think, uh, you know, how are companies really looking at sponsorships and uh, adapting to the sports world? I, I think it's, kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like this industry is ever evolving. It's always changing. So that in an essence is really making sure that the companies and, and sponsors are adapting with the times. So yeah. I think that you're going to see more of a digital virtual presence. And maybe that goes into even more of a, a user friendly um, activation or maybe augmented reality, virtual reality, whatever it might be. Yeah. 
anything they can do to be ahead of the game, I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah, well, it seems like sports really attracts the cutting edge and a lot of the young talent. And so who are always on the trends and trying to push that, like you said, pushing the envelope. And it's, it's competitive because it's so popular to go into the sports industry. I can see why that's a natural partnership with the brands where they want to get a, get a piece of that um, and kind of get access yeah. to that talent. And speaking of the talent and competitive industry, it is a really strong community. It kind of shocked me how you all know each other, you know, hashtag SM sports, all the social media people know each other. Uh, you have a pretty consistent flow of events throughout the year from different sponsors where you meet with each other. And, you know, I went to one of the, the conferences in, um, you know, the Twitter sports conference and every social media manager was there. A lot of digital media people were there. They all knew each other. They had like spent years together. You shift teams around a lot. So kind of what do you think makes the sports creative community unique among like different industry communities? Yeah, like you were saying, like we're in such a niche community, but mm -hmm. you know, people from the outside may say, oh, wow, that's such a big community or you, you all work in sports. Like it must be so hard to, uh, you know, see who's working at which team. But like in reality, it's such a small community because we work in only maybe a couple different facets of the industry and it's all combined and creative um, because when you look at a front office you know only probably about um, a tenth of a staff is, is going to be in a creative capacity so mm -hmm. when you look at it from a big picture that's not a lot of people so you know the the whole idea is you know you, you get this community together and creatives thrive off other creatives mm -hmm. so we can, you know, support each other in that sense, you know, that's, that's a great way to kind of move forward as, as a community. So when, yeah, when we get together and we're able to just talk shop, I think that's just the, the biggest, uh, you know, takeaways. Like we're able to just talk organically and grow as a community. So, you know, when people ask like, Hey, like, how can I get involved? I'm like, well, I think everyone knows everyone in this community. So like yeah. you, know, you have to be on the top of your game at all times and you got to make sure that you're doing the right thing because one, one time you, you don't do it, you know, it's, it's, it's really going to be a red flag on your resume. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, speaking of how to get involved, the sports creative community, which is on Slack and a number of other channels. Now, how many people are in that Slack group? It's like almost 4,000. Yeah. So we're up to uh, 4,600 people. Wow. We're just uh, just had our two year anniversary starting year three. Uh, so, yeah, that um, that started just because, you know, I attended a conference one year and I was talking with some other creatives and we said, hey, like we get together once a year and we're able to network and talk shop. But, you know, after we go home from that convention, you know, we really lose touch. And I was like, that's that's not right. Like we. Yeah work in such a fascinating industry we need to really just keep networking and collaborating around the clock and i think that's what made our community so uh, great because it's been formed organically so uh yeah we really have just uh gone from zero to 100 <laughs> literally so fast and uh it's been amazing just seeing the growth of the community and, and where it's at today yeah. So why did you guys choose Slack as the platform? Because, you know, there's Twitter, which people are really active on. There's all these other channels. What makes Slack unique as a kind of a platform to build these communities? Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of options we could have gone. Um, you know, when I was talking to other creatives, they're like, yeah, we have all these other social media platforms that we can go to. 
Uh, you, you have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but you know, there's not really a way to um, divide it so that it's just a specific industry or, you know, a specific feed. So if I go on Twitter, I, I can follow the SMS sports community, but you know, all of our members aren't residing in that category. So yeah. we wanted to go to a application where we could really be a community where we could, you know, divide everything up into different channels and, and make it so that everyone kind of has a, a presence. So when we looked at Slack, we were able to build out so many different channels and mm -hmm. we're able to share their work. Um, and, and, you know, just the advertising and word of mouth, you know, just to come to the, the Slack community, it's really made it a really user-friendly experience and people have really um, had a, a lot of fun and really have uh, learned a lot from being in the community. Yeah, well, give us some examples of kind of the different channels and the different topics that you can break it up into. Yeah, so I mean, it's great because, uh, you know, being a creative, it's, it's just not video, it's just not graphic design, it's just not social media. So we look at it as saying, hey, well, this is an opportunity to help, you know, entry level uh, folks, mid-level, uh, senior level folks. So we, we have a, a job board. Uh, I think that's a great uh, resource in our community. We also have, uh, you know, a showcase inspiration channel. I think that's a great opportunity for all professionals just to share their work because a lot of the times we are ourselves biggest critics when we're making something. So we might not think it, this might be our greatest uh, piece of work, but in reality, like you did a really good job on it and you should be proud of it. So that's a great uh, channel as well. But another one we just introduced the other day, which I think is a, a great channel that's going to um, be a, an amazing resource for folks is our uh, mental health awareness channel. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, really a topic that's not really talked about too much, but it really should be because it's an important uh, conversation and it's, it's an opportunity for folks in the industry just to have an outlet and a, and a safe haven, just talk about uh, things that are going on in their lives. So it's really from professional to, uh, you know, personal life because yeah. that's what this community is all about. We just want to be there for each other. Yeah. I, I've been impressed. I love the showcase inspiration. You've, you've divided it by, you know, uh, sports and different parts of creatives like graphic design, video production, people are constantly posting in there. So what, you know, the, the engagement is what, you know, really wows me about the sports creative community is it's just, there's constant post questions. People are giving, uh, you know, great answers to these questions and tips. So 4,600 members in only two years, what were some of the things that worked to actually get people to join and engage in this community? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot, a lot of it was just really word of mouth and being organic. Um, we, we don't want to be salesy. I think that's not our motive at all. It's mm -hmm. just, Hey, we're just like you. We want to help you out. I've been in your shoes before you've been, a, you might've been in mine. Um, let's work together and let's make this community what it should be. And let's make sure that the potential is going to get reached. So right now, you know, it's just a lot of buy-in from people and they see just results and they see the everyday interactions from the community. And it's really encouraged people to just spread the word. And I think it's, a, it's really worked out in a, in a positive way. So um, I, I wish I could say, yeah, I, I paid a lot of money in ads and, and that's how people said, right. but that's not how it is. And it's, it's just been remarkable how, you know, the community just all come together and have really bought into the program. 
Well, it's so open. You know, I was a vendor, you know, I was, uh, we were at Slope, a startup working with sports organizations and you let me in pretty early, which yeah. is pretty amazing. Kind of that open. So what's the philosophy about like who can join? How do people contribute? Cause it's pretty unique where I, you know, I see people joining who are college students more interested in getting into the field. And so it, it feels like a very open community as, a, as opposed to, you know, this exclusive thing invite only. Yeah. It's, it's a very open community. Like, like you said, like there's college students in there. Like, I'm looking back at my college career and I would have died if I would have had this. Oh my God. It's amazing. This is just, uh, you know, information at your fingertips and just all this knowledge that you're being adverse to. It's just amazing. So, um, when you said like, yeah, we have vendors that are in the community, all these professionals are using uh, products from some vendor out there. So I think it's essential to have those relationships with vendors and the professionals because, if they're able to uh, develop, you know, a higher skill set and X amount of products or what, what may be it, they're advancing their skill sets in the industry and it's helping the industry as a whole. So I, I really think from all a aspects of the industry, um, you know, there's a place for everyone. So I really encourage, you know, if you're in the, in the sports industry, looking to get in the sports industry, you know, there's a place for you at the table. So uh, feel free to have your voice and, and make sure that you're getting your brand out there because at the end of the day, you need to have a presence and this is a perfect spot for it. Yeah, I've been impressed. You know, it's it's technology vendors, social media vendors. You know, you had an event with a TikTok representative who's giving TikTok sports feedback and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, how have you been able to make it not kind of a salesy channel for vendors? Because, you know, those type of communities are ripe for just vendors to go in and just keep pitching their services. And I have honestly never seen that in this group. Is it just the vendors are good and understand their place? Have you had to do any policing? What has that been like? Yeah, I mean, like you always have to put policing up because, you know, if you don't have, uh, you know, any standards, any guidelines, you know, people are going to abuse those policies. But, you know, I, anytime I invite a vendor to the channel, I, I do have a conversation with them and just say, hey, like this is our policies. Mm -hmm. uh, if you do break those policies, uh, you know, we do have a three-strike system. Um, but, you know, we really haven't had any uh, big issues with that. So we've been really fortunate in that sense. But I think everyone who's joining the community is in the correct mindset to, hey, like, this is what the community is about. We're looking to help the community grow. And everyone's just been able to buy in with that. So I think it's really uh, great that they're coming in with that mindset. Yeah. Well, 4,600 members, you know, you, you do have to have these guidelines. And, you know, every successful community I've seen has kind of the way of operating within the community. So what are some examples of, you know, guidelines that you've put in that you have found really effective, maybe for, you know, other community managers that could borrow from a little bit? Yeah, so when we're creating a community to this magnitude, um, you know, we really steer a, a positive narrative. We do not want to be negative. Um, mm -hmm. Right now in the world, there's so much negativity floating around. There's no place for negativity. Um, so I think when creating a community of this size you really have to be positive and you also have to have a game plan you, you just can't go into it each week and just say oh yeah well we might do this this week or we might do that next week you have to have a strategy so i think it's really important to kind of read the room and then also see what your audience is, is striving what, what what do they want uh, what are they hungry for so a lot of it's just listening and, and seeing what people want to learn and you know what are some issues out there so we really bring that back to the, the drawing board each day and look to see hey what can we do to help the community and help how can we help solve this issue
So when you say we, have you built up a team that kind of helps support and moderators? Because this is a hard thing to manage as one person. How have you built that team over time? Yeah, you know, I don't have like 10 clones of myself uh, <laughs> on the clock. Uh, but yeah, uh, I definitely have a, a lot of help. Um, we have an admin team who's been so supportive and, and they are, you know, the people behind the scenes and I couldn't do it without their help. I mean, they, they just do so much work and dedicate a lot of their time. So I'm very grateful for all their assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's admins, uh, you know, just, just like me, you know, other professionals in the industry who are, you know, spending their time to help the community grow and it's for the betterment of the community. I just want to see everyone have an equal opportunity to grow and have those resources available to them. Yeah. And just like to go into like the more detailed uh, specifics of it, like even, you know, one of the first rules I think you put in was put your team name or put your vendor name after your name um, where, you know, people know who you are. It's visible. You're not hiding behind anything or some random account. Are there other things like that tricks and tips you found that, that work really well for this? Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point you bring up there. I mean, have, have an identity out there because if, you're just Joe Schmo. I'm not gonna know who Joe Schmo is. Like, I, I want to respond. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know who who you are. You know, have a, have a professional picture as well because you might think it's funny to have you know an unprofessional photo, but I'm gonna be less likely to you know reach out to you. Mm-hmm. So definitely have a professional presence. I mean, yeah, you you can be funny on there, but always make sure that it's in a good way. Um, but yeah, just other tips. You know, I would just say. Um, in order for this community to thrive, like you, you need to have different channels that are going to allow different perspectives to come in. You mm-hmm. can't just have a team built up of people who think just like you. I, I want to bring on people who think differently than me. That allows me to diversify my mind of, of thoughts and it allows me to, you know, bring in different avenues of, uh, of topics. So uh, diversify your community as much as you can because there's so many great people in this industry and industries out in the world that uh, you really shouldn't be putting up a wall to people because you never know what ideas are going to come through those walls. How do you prevent the uh, at general at mentioning the entire the entire channel or do you put restrictions on that now? Oh yeah, no, there's uh, only the admins can do that. Oh um, God, I haven't tried in a while. I was like, maybe I should throw out a, a Nat General here on the on the general channel. Yeah, uh, started getting abused early on. And when yeah. you at general, everyone's phone goes off or your desktop yeah. goes off. So like in, in respect to people, we, we just really limit that just so that we can do for general uh, channel announcements. And we just don't want it to be blowing up all day. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's very easy to spam those, you know, Oh, I have a new newsletter or sign up or a new product launch. And you just want to get that at mention. And, um, right. but you know, what I've seen from successful communities like this is you have the online presence. So people are getting to know each other digitally. You're answering questions, but I think, you know, sports creative community, you, especially during the pandemic, the weekly happy hours, the events, like the constant, um, basically platforms, opportunities to get to know each other in person, or at least through Zoom, which feels like in person now, um, really solidifies those relationships so people are more comfortable to responding. So can you talk a little bit about how you've done events, your philosophy behind events? Because I think that's really driven, you know, you know each other maybe once a year from those other conferences, but yeah. I feel so much closer to the community because of those events. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a great uh, question you have there. So before the pandemic hit, we were set to have an event every month. Mm-hmm. And 
it was going to be great. We were looking forward to having an event in a different city. But then when COVID-19 hit, we realized, hey, we're not putting the, the safety in jeopardy of all of our members. Um, so let's shift to a more virtual presence. So yeah, it really just uh, you know happened and said, hey, let's have a, a virtual happy hour because at the beginning of the pandemic, we didn't know how long this was going to be. And mm -hmm. we're still in a pandemic right now. Um, so we're like, hey, let's, let's just create a space where we can just kind of sit back, relax, talk shop and, you know, Let's, let's just have a space where we can have fun because right now, uh, during that time, it was not a pretty time in the world and it's, it's still not. But um, as we progress, like, hey, let's bring this into more of an industry setting and make it more industry specific. And that's where we really picked up a lot of steam and we're able to bring a lot of the best industry minds together and just talk about the important topics out there. So. Looking back at it, I think we had about over a hundred professionals on industry calls, yeah. and it's fascinating because I never would have thought that would have happened. Every week, um, you every, know, it was yeah. such a consistent participation rate. Yeah, we were going out there and just seeing who, who was interested in talking. We even got uh, John Dahl on from uh, the the Last Dance, the Michael yep. Jordan documentary. And that was amazing. Whenever that connection, uh, you know, got the green light, so yeah. John Dahl's, uh, you know, wanting to come on, like, wow, this is, this is crazy. Like, I never would have thought we would have had that opportunity to, to talk to to John before, uh, you know, the Last Dance premiered two days mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, so, yeah, it's just been an amazing opportunity. But the, the biggest thing we wanted to do was with these virtual hangouts is just provide a positive narrative because it's so easy to get negative during mm -hmm. these times. So many people who have either been laid off or furloughed. So we really just wanted to keep the positivity in the room consistent because it's so easy to get negative these days. So anything that we can do to be that positive light in someone's week, that was our main goal. And with either through you know, a happy hour or just an industry panel, or we had a mental health awareness uh, breakout session which I think was probably one of our best sessions because it just was an outlet for people to be real about the issues that they were going through. And that's what brings our community together. And I, I, like you said, like you might not have met a person in real life, but you feel like you do because you've been in those sessions and you've been able to build up those relationships. So I think that's what makes our community really stand out from um, other communities out there. Yeah, I think it's the combination of events, meeting in person, meeting through Zoom combined with the platform just to throw out questions and answer and engage. Um, you know, it's such a good combination. And I think, you know, your community has done it better than I've seen in any other community I've been a part of. Um, and so that kind of leads me to, you know, you've grown it up to 4,600, um, really engaging community. Uh, what's kind of the goal? Where are you going with the, with the community in general? Yeah, so we're up to 4,600 members. We're, uh, we're worldwide as well, which is uh, something mm -hmm. that I really would have thought of uh, would have happened. But yeah, we're, we're at that stage. So um, we're consistently planning for the future. I mean, we really want to position the community and the industry in, in the best uh, position that we can. So in the future, we would love to create scholarship funds, relief funds um, to really help out people who are, are going through it an economical crisis in their uh, in their household, or, or maybe someone who's looking to get into the industry, pave a way for them to 
know, reach their goals a little easier. Uh, but we're also looking to um, create a, a scholarship for minorities in, in the industry because we want to see more diversity in the workplace. But th those are those are goals that are in the future. But um, right now, you know, we're, we're we're definitely planning to educate the community more. So we have podcasts, we're looking to have tutorials, um, looking to have some Twitch streams launch here in the near future. Yeah and just have more of those virtual presence so that we can continue to continue that education and build our following more on the virtual presence because I think what COVID-19 has done accidentally has prepared us to shift more to a digital virtual presence a lot sooner than we anticipated. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing more in a virtual presence. Um, hopefully 2021, we'll be able to go back to more of a physical presence, but right now, all of our uh, planning is around virtual because that's what we have to do right now. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. I'm excited to keep seeing it grow. So Matt, what is, uh, what would be your parting shot of wisdom you want to give the audience? Yeah, I would just say be yourself because you are the most unique person in your network. You know yourself the best. So don't be afraid to advocate for your work, your work ethic. Um, just make sure that you're doing everything that you can to position yourself um, and, and your team in, in the best position at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. that means going out and learning a new skill sets, going out and being a new person. You're not only helping out yourself, but you're helping out your community at the end of the day and you're helping out your um, company at the end of the day. So just be yourself's biggest advocate because uh, you, you're a pretty amazing individual. And I think if you set the bar high, you're definitely able to reach it. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Matt. We really appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for having me.